We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Simeon with the deep throw, wants Claypool, Chase Claypool has the catch, working against Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I love his ambition. He's an aggressive kid. He plays the game the right way. I love his mentality, just in terms of he wants to be the best. I'm really looking for him and, and a lot of the guys working with Justin, uh, not only now but in the offseason, to create that chemistry uh, so, again, we can elevate off this, this foundation that we've built this year. That's Bears general manager Ryan Poles and in the wake of trading a valuable, increasingly valuable second-round pick for wide receiver Chase Claypool, the former Notre Damer who was a bit of an underachiever on the Steelers. They hope to unlock his vast physical potential here with Justin Fields and the Bears. Claypool was targeted for the first time in the last game in the fourth quarter. And we have talked for how many weeks now since he got here about how we want to see him get more receptions, get more targets. And I think the frustration bubbled over on Sunday. There's, there's no doubt that that certainly looked that way on the sideline and how they've addressed it this past week. What were your thoughts? I am taking a longer term view of Chase Claypool, just as we're trying to evaluate Justin Fields in context. I think I'm going to do the same with him. And I do think that his acquisition was the, the, the idea of his acquisition was, was material as much as the actual acquisition was at this point. It was polls saying this kid, this, this quarterback has earned some help. And I don't really like the free agent wide receiver group this year. Maybe not so much outside of a couple names at a, a top heavy draft. And he thought this was an opportunity to solidify that core. Now, I know people say, well, why did he re-sign Equinemius St. Brown? I think it's a depth signing. I don't think re-signing him means that he's overrating him. He's, I think Brian Poles has a television and knows exactly what St. Brown is, but maybe has some value as a, as a back-of-roster guy and not a starting top-of-roster guy. But Luke Getze was asked about everything that's going on, and you'll hear how Getze brings us to the, the Claypool outburst and how it was handled. But this is the Bears offensive coordinator answering a question about the, the limitations on offense this year and how that affected week-to-week expectations for the development of fields. I think the biggest thing that we do is that we continue to challenge every player, and Justin uh, for sure. Like So every day we come in, we're going to challenge them, we're going to demand things from them, and as long as we see growth, 
we know that we're in the right path. And so when you reflect on those questions that you guys gave me, I, that's what I saw every day. I continue to see that as we go into next year. Now he's had this experience. He's had these opportunities to get more comfortable with the communication of the system, hopefully get more comfortable with the people around him. And so all that stuff, anytime you can get that, cohesiveness of the unit together and knowing what the culture looks like and he's the leader of that culture I think all that stuff is all promising stuff so where is the growth what what growth do you see that that is so you know that I, I, I just joked about it before. I just said, you know, just, just take his press conferences at the beginning of the year to his press conferences at the end of the year, right? He's sitting there telling you about every single play. I mean, he told you, oh, you know, we had a trick play. I'm like, come on, dude, you can't do that. You can't go out in the public and say a trick. And so, no, just that coming a pro, the leadership, the, you know, you guys talked about, you know, I think you got challenged last week with, you know, how, how did, what happened with Chase on the, on the sideline, and he handled that. Like, that's him becoming the leader of the football team and being a great pro and consistent every day. I think that's the most important thing. And then all the other stuff those guys see every day on the practice field, they see him getting better every day. So the results of it, the statistics that everyone's looking for, those will come, and we know that. But like, again, like I said, the most important thing is that we continue to see growth. Aside on Luke Getze, did you see the the guys, the team photo of everybody taking a picture for Virginia McCaskey's birthday holding up the 100 balloons? Luke Getze's on the side holding a bunch of balloons. I didn't. It's adorable. And apparently... For, <laughs> it just makes me giggle. For Getze's press conferences, he's been doing the thing with the, with the soda pop, right? Where he's had different like cans of their sponsors pop up there. I did see a pyramid of squirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we made it to 11.09. That's not hosted by Dick Clark. <laughs> hey, hey! I laugh every time. No, but it, I don't even care. I, I can't tell What's you. What's up, Tanny? But that was just, it, it was in character. That that laugh, with when, when you're wearing leopard print, that was Andrea Martin as Edith Prickley. Ha! It was perfect. Oh. <laughs> I realize that I'm just living the same day, but in year intervals. I'm Dick Clark, and welcome to A Pyramid of Squirt. And we've been canceled. What the hell is that? So much soda talk on the show today. So much. But Getsy's got a sense of humor. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. It's dry. It's dry. Is it a dry martini or is it just dry? I think he's got kind of one of these dry coachy sense of humor where the coach is like, hey, I made it funny. What do you think? Hey, you like that? like that? I got a million of them. I got a bunch of jokes here. But I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I like all jokes. Chase Claypool spoke for the first time since that outburst that uh, Getsy just described and said, here's what was going on. I was a little fired up because, uh, you know, we can't lose that bad ever. So you got to have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. What did you say about him as the quarterback of this team to kind of take leadership in that moment? It's good. We had a good little back and forth, like, you know, I was telling him my side, he was telling me his side, and we came to common uh, ground. So it's always good when you can have that exchange with a quarterback that um, always follows up with mutual respect. What was, your, what was your side? My side was just like, you know, we're coming off the field three and out. 
sit on the bench, do the same uh, same thing over. You know, something, something, something got to change in that moment. We got to realize, like, the drives where we have to score. We have to realize um, when it's not okay to go three and out. Like, we got to act that way. You know, like, if we go three and out, it can't just be okay. Um, and it isn't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to really, like, have that fire and energy and realize, like, yo, like, it's time to go. We went three and out two times in a row. They're scoring points. Lee's getting bigger. What are we going to do about it? Was that, was that a buildup of frustration boiling over? Just a buildup of that game, you know, like, you know, like, I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what scores. Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21, like, I still think we can win. And I want I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three and hour like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before and we know how to lose. It's like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort and, like, damn, this just happened last week or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. It's all about mentality. Yeah. And I get it. Like, you know, I get it. I don't get it. Like, end of the, like near the end of the season, you know, people are beat up and stuff like that. But, you know, every week, no matter what the record is or what it looks like in the season, like, we got to win every game. Or we got a chance to We got a chance in every game. There is a fine line between the intensity aspect of the hits principle and eyewash. The intensity, as I understand it, comes through in your play, in your concentration, in your commitment to how hard you work in practice. And I understand what Chase Claypool is saying. I'm happy to hear it. I, I think it sounds great. But... I don't need people emoting on the sidelines during a game to show me how much you care. You show me how much you care by not making the same mistake twice. You show me how much you care by knowing where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there, knowing your exact splits, knowing the playbook, knowing your blocking assignments. I, I It doesn't really bother me. I don't think in this case it's just eyewash, but... If I'm coaching Chase Claypool, that's what I'm reinforcing. All your stuff is really, really good, and saying that's good and, and being unhappy and having high standards is great. But the way we respond to not reaching our high standards isn't to throw tantrums. It isn't to say, look at me and how mad I am. It's to channel that into our work. Sure. And, and I hope that's what he does. I will offer this. This was who this guy was for the last couple of years in Pittsburgh. Like he's, this is the flip side of that coin. Like we've seen him celebrate to the point of penalty in games before. Like he, he's, he's well, made celebrate some out- to the point of stupid, right? He's made some outwardly boneheaded mistakes. And I think he would admit to that, but he's also the person who told the media a couple weeks ago that he knows where he was drafted and he knows where he was traded for in the next draft. He's aware of the price the Bears paid to trade for him. Yeah, but that reminds you of of Hard Knocks and Amon Ross St. Brown knowing all the people who were taken ahead of him. No, and- this isn't this but this is him saying he knows how much the Bears paid to get him here. Okay. I think it's the opposite of that. It, it, I think this is him saying I know exactly what pressure is put on me because they gave up a lot to get me. 
Like, that's think, what he was saying. I, I'm sure that's there. Usually in being traded, it cuts both ways, especially when the team that drafted you decides they don't want you. Right, but I feel like in this case, he's probably wanting to produce more, do more, because he's aware of the stage he's been put on. Well, he's going to have every bit of that chance, and I'm not writing him off yet. Oh, no, I'm not either. I would love to see him produce on this team. I'm just scared that Pace... I'm scared the polls got a little rooked in, in which draft pick you gave up for them. I think it's a reasonable fear. Are, are you following this, this, the text that is being sent to us <laughs> that isn't intended for us? Yeah, it made me laugh quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's a series of, of texts here. And they're not, sometimes we get sexts. It's not that. The, the wayward sexts are fun. But the. Hey, hey. The, this keeps, there's multiple texts that are addressed to J Bone. J-Bone, any chance to see the girls today? I got nothing going on. And then he says, and then he texts him again. Yeah, he says, J-Bone is my son and the girls are my granddaughters. Oh, 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 okay. (laughs) He had two oops wrong text messages to us. J-Bone playing early. Chris is on his way over, just letting you know. And then he said, any chance to see the girls? So I don't really know what's going on. Oh, there. Okay, so it is. It's a. It's a granddad asking if he can see his granddaughters. Yep. And he calls his son J Bone. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Yeah. Okay. Can you please text us back and tell us what the story is behind your son's nickname? And wait. The eight one five says Bernstein. You were singing the match game theme. Yeah. I, I default to the match game theme, which is da 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 da. The 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 ten thousand dollar pyramid is is. Dun da 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 ba 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 da da bum da 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 right? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I got it. I get those confused in my head. Like I can't Both even very important tell you parts the, of my childhood. The Wheel of Fortune theme right now. Like, Is this it? Yes. How'd you do that? Luckily, it was in the system. Yes. Play the Trustman bite. That's that's not pyramid of squirt though. That's ten thousand dollar pyramid. That's such a good theme. That meant I was home from school because I was kind of sick and probably pretending to be more sick than I was. And I was under the Afghan blanket on the couch, sipping ginger ale and living the life. So much soda talk today. Tales of laziness. For me, it was Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that is a tale of laziness. Skipping school for for various hey, reasons. Sometimes you need a mental health day, man. Sometimes it's like, hey, I got a 99.2 and I am not feeling it today. And I am going to be on this couch and it is going to be the price is right. And it is going to be a little bit of $10,000 pyramid. And then we're going to slide over to the UHF and get a little courtship of Eddie's father action going. And I might just make myself, and maybe, ma'am, break into Eric Carr. Ma'am, can I have a grilled cheese? I'm not feeling well. Of course you can. Of course, Eric. And, you know, you gotta, every once in a while you need a mental health day. I had perfect attendance most years. Lame. I had a lot of stuff to do. Kind of like now. It wasn't like my friend Dave, who basically spent his entire senior year at at home because he just didn't want to go to school. How nice for him. It was very nice for him. 
and then he ended up going to University of Michigan and graduated from Harvard Law School. But he 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 won. I was like, well, are you are you going to school? Nah. Well, I don't want to. <laughs> How did you get straight A's then? You know, I'm not an idiot. Apparently. Yeah. Sadly for me, I had to go to school and learn things. <laughs> Seven away. Whoa! These J bones are crazy. We gotta stop. Groot is the one who does it the best. Like yesterday, I was into it. Now I'm just my brain is dead. Seven seven three. Don't forget Ultraman. No, I didn't like. I. I'd, what is Ultraman? The worst. The worst. Ultraman was like a. It was a Japanese in a stop motion, almost like Godzilla movie kind of sensibility to it. Yes. It, it always freaked me out. That I, sounds fantastic. I know so, it, it, some people loved Ultraman. I did not. I just I just found it creepy and weird. I, you, the, if you can get through the middle of the day, the key to being homesick when you're, when you're a Gen Xer in Chicago was bridging that middle of the day gap. Because after the game shows, you didn't want to watch soap operas. And you didn't, all we had was 257, 911, 3244. That was, that was it. And you'd click and click and click and click and click until you found something. And, you know, you get, you could courtship about his father would be okay. Oh, that's you know, a show. I thought yeah. that was like a football play. No, I had no clue what was happening Bill there. Bill Bixby, James Comack, and, and Mayoshi Umeki as Mrs. Livingston. And the, so you'd have to get if you could skate through the middle of the day up into the cartoons. Once you got to like three, you were home free because then you got a little Tom and Jerry. Sometimes middle of the day you'd find like the weird cartoons. It'd be like Herman and Catnip on the Casper and Friends or something. Maybe you get a little Banana Splits, Treasure Island, and what was the like the the Three Musketeers. Not the candy bar, but the cartoon within within Banana Splits. And then then your day was kind of made once you got to the cartoons. You know I know I, you were talking and looking at Mike and I, but I I think you know we couldn't help you. You got to know how to do these. Oh, Spectrum Man. Ugh, that was like a Division II Ultraman. I had Looney Tunes, Jetsons, Flintstones, yep. Tom and Jerry. I mean, that was like the midday block for me. There's only one Jerry I acknowledge around here in this house, and that is Jerry Springer. That was the reason. We used to work to be, in the, Like, that was you know. the plus about being sick, was Jerry Springer. Uh, we have an actual interesting discussion to bring up with Joe Ostrowski. Yeah, big time. Because after what happened with the announcement of the Bills and Bengals game, that sets up a whole bunch of scenarios. And I think it's going to be worth people's time to listen to A, how the markets are seeing them, and then B, how they play out in real time and what people are thinking might happen. So I think this is one of those segments where it's not just good from a typical betting standpoint. It's good from a let's all try to figure this out together standpoint because I have no idea. On the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I have a daily sports betting show. We couldn't live without George Strauss. Oh, yeah. he's got a lot of Herbert Hoover in him. I got to tell you that much. Joining us, it is Joe Ostrowski of BetQL. I'm excited because I haven't talked to Joe on a Friday in a minute with Dan. And it takes me back on the score. Joe Ostrowski, the BetQL Daily host. He is also at Joe Ostrowski. And he joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Joe, you're just the person we want to talk to. Because A, I haven't gotten to credit you yet for your correct call after Carlos Correa we thought had signed with the Mets and you said the odds didn't change on Dansby Swanson with the Cubs. You were spot on. And then number two, if there's one person I want to go over 95 possible AFC playoff scenarios uh, with, it's you. Good, because I'm still confused. Hi, Layla. Hi, Dan. Hello. Uh, where do we want to start? What is the most likely thing you think happens here? And if you were trying to tell people who were any part of this from a wagering standpoint or just a curiosity standpoint, what would you tell them? Okay, so uh, first off, boy, there's a lot of layers to this. With the, with the cancellation of the game from Monday on Bills Bengals, a big issue right now in sports betting is how some sports books are handling this. And this matters for win totals. Both teams already went over. Some sports books already cashed those overs for the Bills and the Bengals. But you have to have some sort of a rule in place for the minimum number of games played, like with baseball numbers for win totals, a lot of times you'll see, okay, at least 152 games out of the 162 need to be played. There's something like that because they don't always play the 162 if the games are relevant. Some sports books have that you must play 17 games. So even though those bets won by going over, some of those tickets are going to be voided because they are not playing the full schedule. That's one interesting thing that I don't quite agree with because no matter how many games they end up playing, they already won uh, with the over in that one. Earlier in the week, we saw a move to the Chiefs. They became the favorite for the Super Bowl, and that kind of made sense to me because the speculation was that this is going to work out for Kansas City, that they were going to get the one seed and the bye. You know, that's still hanging up in the air. But uh, with the... uh, the, the lengths that the NFL went yesterday, they, they announced, it seemed like they did go a little bit out of their way to make sure that they are not hurting the Bills in any way. There's no perfect formula here. Um, I do think Cincinnati was hurt more than 
any other team. And I mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's be, in part because they made the Super Bowl last year. But if Baltimore wins, you have the coin toss. I don't think that's going to come into play. In the last hour, that point spread has moved three points in favor of Cincinnati. Wow. From 7 to 10 because not only is it not going to be Lamar, now it looks like it's not going to be Huntley. And it's going to be an undrafted free agent in Anthony Brown playing quarterback for the Ravens. I also... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I also have another question. I want to hear you finish your thought. No, go ahead. I was just about wrapped up there. Uh, To me, I think part of the reason the Bengals are probably penalized is how they started the season, unfortunately. By playing catch-up, a couple of losses, you mean? Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I know that they were dealing with a couple of uh, setbacks regarding health, but... Um, I think that did play into this maybe a little bit. It is, is it, unfortunate, but I think that that unfortunately happened. And a lot of us spent the weekend, I think we should have, praising Zach Taylor and his actions on Monday, and then it ends up being his team that get that gets hurt, it looks like. They, they could win the division and not have a home playoff game, and as some have uh, brought up, the schedule's going to be tougher. They're probably going to have a lower pick. But yeah, it just felt there was gonna it was gonna hurt one team, right? Um, with all these scenarios in play, it certainly seems like we're headed towards a uh, neutral site AFC championship, doesn't it? it? It does, and that's that's where I sit with it as far as trying to figure out how to sort it, especially in your line of work when you're trying to figure out how to put everything together. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting for this week. When I saw, uh, just looking from the football, just looking from uh, the betting perspective, what I do on my show every day, when I watched those players at the podium yesterday, and I watched Josh Allen and a number of Hamlin's teammates, I was like, boy, they, they have a lot of time to get ready for this now. They look like they're focused, and I was surprised to see the number drop a little bit at some spots uh, for this game against the Patriots, that is going to be an incredible scene in Buffalo, New York. Uh, it went from seven and a half down to seven. You could tell me any story, and I, yeah, sure. It would be certainly understandable if their head's not in the game. They're not fully prepared, not a normal week for them, and and they don't show up. But I maybe I'm reading too much into it. But what I saw and what I heard from those players and the communication they've had with him, they seem like they are going to be very focused on Sunday. Well, and even T. Higgins expressed a lot of relief hearing about what happened. I think collectively we all did, yep. but I do think this is going to have a positive effect on many. Yes, yeah, and, and it seems like it already has. And I don't know if we're out of the woods yet, but everything has been uh, has been very positive here. And th- there have been some other, as far as just uh, talking about this playoff format and how it's going to be different this year, there have been conversations. I saw Michael Lombardi tweet out that uh, Lamar Hunt, what he always wanted to do was similar to the Final Four. And maybe with a neutral site conference championship that we might get, uh, this is the NFL kind of testing those waters to see how that goes, where you would have maybe in the same site uh, the, the championship games or championship Sunday, then followed up by the Super Bowl. This segment with Joe O is brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. I was listening to Nick Costos talking about, uh, fascinating, uh, talking about how to game live betting on Sunday based Mm -hmm. on scenarios and how hard teams are going to try to win or lose. Now, this is both because of playoff seeding 
being locked in or or not, and then draft position being locked in or not. He said that in-game lines are often set algorithmically and not necessarily by human odds makers. So there could be an opportunity if you see substitutions being made, particularly at quarterback, to be able to react to grab an, a, a market inequity in a line before somebody changes it. There's a lot of different approaches to this week, and uh, Nick's right about all that. Uh, In most cases, it is not a human making those adjustments. And maybe before you even see those moves being made, you can get out in front of it. And I think the the NFC is the easiest example, right? So with uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, all these teams going for the one, Dallas still has an outside shot at getting that one seed. Now, if the Eagles go up by a couple of touchdowns and you see that the Giants are not playing any of their starters, Dayball, you know, he's doing the coach speak, oh, we can rest at the end of the season. But if you see Hurts out there, Eagles go up by a couple of scores, maybe it's, I don't know, 20 to three, something like that. All Giants backups are in. Well, at some point, isn't San Francisco going to pull all of their starters? Isn't Shanahan going to do that? Because they would need a Philadelphia loss to get that one seed. And San Francisco is favored by a lofty 14 points against Arizona. The only way the Cowboys get the one is if Philadelphia loses and the Cowboys take care of the commanders. The the Cowboys are seven to seven and a half point favorites. That is something where you can jump ahead and make that sort of move. All of those games are happening in the later slate. So there are some situations like that, certainly. Uh, The Chargers play at a different time than Baltimore-Cincinnati, so that one is kind of interesting. So if Cincinnati wins, the Chargers are going to be locked into the five spot, which is where they want to be instead of going to the six. Because if they fall down to the six, they're going to play one of those top three teams uh, like Buffalo, Cincinnati, or Kansas City. Uh, So what... They're going to do is, if they know they're the five, they're not going to play Justin Herbert. It's going to be Chase Daniel out there. Mm -hmm. And right now they're a a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Denver. So that line is going to move. Chase Daniel's going to have to play? Maybe. Maybe. What? Sunday night football. Uh, The Lions and the Packers. A lot of people will be watching that game looking to bet on it. Right now the line is four-and-a-half in favor of Green Bay at Lambeau. But if the Seahawks win, that means the Lions are not going to have a chance to make the playoffs. They can only play spoiler. So that line is probably going to jump. And I think they're still going to play hard for Dan Campbell and try to ruin things for the Packers. But you'll get more value on that line. Like That's another way to play. There a lot of moving parts. The live betting certainly uh, part of it. Uh, crazy line moves. Most of these, when you have one side with something to play for, they are inflated big time. This Philadelphia number was two last week, and now it's 14 because the number one seed is on the line for them, and the Giants are probably going to play all of their backups. Since 1990, in the last two weeks of the year, when you have a limited team going against a team in a must-win situation, the eliminated team covers 62% of the time. No, that's wow. wow. Yes. That's very impressive. These are pros putting tape out there for maybe other teams lines are inflated and if you're playing for something in the final week just trying to sneak into the playoffs or move your seating and all that typically you're you're not a great team anyways if it takes until the final week so um, just because the team has something to play for does not mean they're going to win and cover 
Joe, lastly, you got about 60 seconds, postseason awards now. What's at stake? What opportunities are there? Yeah, I, I would say a bunch of these are taken care of. They're a wrap, but there are a few that are that are up for grabs. The MVP, it's going to be Mahomes uh, unless uh, he's a complete no-show this week. But the ones that are up for, for grabs here, Coach of the Year, that is a surprise because Sirianni has been the favorite all season long. Now that one is up for grabs. Hmm. Shanahan is in the mix. And Dayball, he was a big mover. He went from twenty-five to one down to three to one this past week. Offensive Rookie of the Year is uh, pretty much up for grabs right now. Uh, the favorite is Kenneth Walker. Last week, the favorite was Garrett Wilson. People are talking about Brock Purdy. What if Kenny Pickett brings the Steelers into the playoffs? All sorts of names being thrown out there. What if Christian Watson has a big game and that uh, catapults the Packers into the playoffs? It could be anybody. And then the other one that's up for grabs is Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, right now, that is between uh, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith, and Saquon. Uh, we have co-favorites with McCaffrey and Geno, and Saquon's also in the mix, but he might not play this week. So uh, a few awards are coming down to the final week. Joe Strowski, thanks so much. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Joe. After we do that, I want to have a little serious conversation for a few minutes ahead of some basketball talk. We are going to bring in Bob Snyder, the executive director of Jenny's Mission, and that uh, charity's mission is to bring automated external defibrillators to Chicago's uh, youth sports venues. We talked about it yesterday at length. We also heard that the New Orleans Saints donated, what, 67 AEDs in their area to, to various athletic arenas. Because I think that's the takeaway from this. Not, oh, my God, football's awful. I mean, it is, but that's not the takeaway from this. So let's uh, try to learn more about AEDs, specifically here in Chicago, next on the Bernstein and Holmes Show on The Score. What is really important are relatively inexpensive and easy for the layperson to use AEDs, automated external defibrillators. They should be everywhere. And here is someone who is helping make sure that they are as ubiquitous as possible. Here to talk about exactly what I think the the best possible constructive takeaway from this NFL story can be is Bob Snyder, the executive director of Jenny's Mission, the Jennifer Lynn Snyder Teen Heart Foundation. You can find out info about what they do at Jenny'sMission.org. Bob, thanks so much for joining us today. Dan, Layla, nice to be with you. Dan, great respect for uh, for your career. Oh, thanks, Bob. It, it is much appreciated knowing uh, uh, your what you've meant to this particular industry for so long in this city. When when you see something like this happen, and you've dedicated so much of your life and you and, and your family because of the tragedy that your own family suffered, uh, how does it make you feel to have this this uh, this discussion front and center again? You know, Dan, it's strange. Um, it, it there's mixed emotions. There's obviously the, the the reaction that everybody I think would have, which is you know you get flashbacks, but you also realize that it's sometimes the only way to gain attention. You know, this old adage that uh, the busy intersection won't get a stop sign until there's an accident and and somebody's hurt. And you know, with AEDs. Um, their importance and their role in life-saving, um, it, it takes a lot to sort of break through and 
make people think of them as just as important as, you know, a fire extinguisher would be. Yeah, we're getting there, but um, uh, it's when these tragedies take place that uh, that folks really take notice. If you want to know more about Jenny, Jenny's mission, you can go to Jenny'sMission.org. It's also TeenHeartFoundation.org. And one of the things that I was moved by, Bob, is how few AEDs it can take to save so many lives. The stat you have in the past 15 years Jenny's mission has placed AEDs on outdoor fields throughout the Chicagoland area so youth can play there are safe. 20 AEDs placed equates to 76,947 people protected. What does that number mean to you and knowing how one device can help so many people? Yeah, it's it's great. And and then at the same time, it, it feels so small. We we take applications on the um, on the website. For anybody who would like to be granted a free AED for a field that they know doesn't have one, maybe it's a field where um, their children play soccer, baseball, football, what have it. And the whole purpose of the mission is to use the money that uh, is uh, given to us and turn it into to grants. And so what we've learned in that process is that there are so many fields still that need an AED on them. We're doing great with gymnasiums, and it started with um, airports and mm-hmm. and office buildings, and we're we're just we're just now getting to the point where fields are uh, are are becoming um, you know front and center. I would mention hockey rinks too, because this is uh, obviously Commodio Cordis is something that has happened in youth hockey as well. And this is when when we talk about uh, the the cardiac events, uh, Commodio Cordis, the impact events is is just one particular aspect. And I was texting about with a doctor when we were discussing this yesterday, and the doctor said it's all great to talk about protecting our youth. He said it's also much more likely that it's going to protect Grandpa, who's there watching his granddaughter play, that's going to protect somebody who's a spectator there, that it isn't just about the people on the field. It's about anyone there. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the community, you know, as we learned sort of the hard way, um, is deep, (laughs) really deep. And uh, the number of people that are impacted is far beyond, you know, what you'd realize. And so, um AEDs are a good thing. They're an easy thing. Uh, they're designed so that if you know if a third grader opened them up, um, you know the audio talks somebody through it. Everywhere you turn it is it, there's there's positive in um, the proliferation of these everywhere. Yeah, proliferation of these everywhere. And so you know, I, I, we hope that. Um, uh, some of these circumstances, uh, the ones that are public in particular, um, uh, bring awareness to, to cardiac arrest and, and that it's a real thing. And uh, again, for those of us, you know, that go back and, and, you know, you go back to Reggie Lewis and some of the incidents that, that have happened uh, in the NBA and in other sports. And, and, and so, and that's when, you know, causes like this get jump started. So difficult, but in some ways necessary. I also think that it's important for people who a lot of times are afraid to break glass in case of emergency, or maybe you don't necessarily know if you're allowed to use some certain equipment, that you're encouraging people to familiarize themselves with them and know that that is something that if you understand how easy it is to use, 
you can use it. You don't have to wait for a professional. What is the message that you want to send regarding that? Yeah, I don't know. You're exactly right. And thankfully, um, most of the AEDs that are getting installed no longer have that terrible looking language, emergency, do not open unless, you know, all that stuff um, is not helpful. Uh, The truth is use when you think there's an emergency. And so um, uh, there isn't a break glass component. It's literally open a cabinet, um, at least with every device that I know. And, uh, and then, and then open the unit and follow instructions, which are, which are both audio as well as very uh, visual graphics. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 the actual use of the device, uh, if it ever came to, um, uh, to being needed, um, is not difficult. I will tell you one nice thing that's starting to happen with respect to where the AEDs are. Technology, of course, is affecting every industry. And in the AED industry, there's now ways of, of taking an app and locating the nearest AED, wherever it might be, so uh, paramedics, parents, all those folks you mentioned, Dan, somebody can get a 2-1 and get it back to the field. So good things are happening, but like everything, it, it just takes a while. We are talking with Bob Snyder, executive director of Jenny's Mission, and also for a long time, if the name sounds familiar to you, he was the general manager of ESPN Radio here in Chicago for uh, in, uh, a long time. And I want to ask you, too, while, while grants and working within the private sector are certainly perhaps the easiest way to, to get these bought and placed. Does your organization also do any kind of organized lobbying or advocacy or letter writing to codify legally the responsibilities of communities or cities, states to, to mandate AED placement in such places? Yeah, that's perceptive, Dan. It, it, it takes a big swing. You're right. And, the way this particular industry of parents has organized is there are many foundations like Jenny's Mission across the country, many uh, organized by parents uh, who have lost children. All of them, or at least most of them, have funneled up to an organization called Parent Heart Watch, which my wife was the executive director for for many years. And Parent Heart Watch does a lot of the heavy national lifting. Um, It's still a relatively small organization. It's come together from really grieving parents looking to make a difference. But it's been around for, I want to say, nearly two decades. And it does a lot of the, the work that's necessary, or at least starts the work that's necessary to get into the political system. So it starts getting to lobbyists and up toward the you know, the, the proper legislature. Bob, knowing the unspeakable loss that you have suffered and seeing what happened with DeMar Hamlin and hearing the reports that the reason he had his breathing tube removed today, the reason he is considered neurologically productive is because of, of close access to things like AEDs and to have that CPR access. Knowing that you're doing good for others, what does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, that's the tough one. You know, that's the emotional one. You say that that's the what if, um, and uh, you, you, you go back a little bit for one second, and then you start. You need to look forward and say, well, 
you know, what do I do with that pain and, and how do I make sure that, you know, that doesn't happen again? So it's real. Um, you know, it does evoke a lot of emotions. I, I was pleasantly, I guess, um, surprised at the outpouring of support and, and how many folks, uh, both in the radio community and, and, and on the North Shore particularly, uh, remember Jenny and, and something that happened 15 years ago. But all of it is now channeled, um, you know, to a good cause. And, and I think everybody's on the same page, um, you know, picking up off this incident uh, earlier in the week that, uh, that these things really do save lives. This young gentleman from the Bills, it looks like his life has been saved. Um, and and that it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's sometimes difficult to swallow, but it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Bob, thanks so much for taking the time. I wanted to make sure I, I pass along a uh, personal uh, hello from your guy, Mitch Rosen, I know with whom you worked. And, and I should say that looking at what has uh, gone on with the health and strength of sports radio in this town, I know that uh, Mitch spent a lot of time at your side before he took over the score and, and, and built the score into what it's become now going on, on, on 31 years. So I think you can be certainly very proud in, in your role as, at, at helping to make this particular section of the industry, what it's become here. Well, I really appreciate that. It was, it was a great run and a great time. Bob, thanks so much. Take care, folks. Thank you, Bob. That's Bob Snyder. Again, more information can be found at jennysmission.org if you want to learn more about placement of automated external defibrillators at athletic fields around Chicago. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a very compelling website, and you can see Jenny and see see exactly how many lives people have saved by installing these devices. We have Bulls Sixers coming up tonight on the score. No Joel Embiid. That means an actual opportunity for another big Bulls win. And the Sixers yeah. te- TV analyst is former Duke forward Ala Abdelnabi. And I have some stories that I don't think he's going to see coming. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 